This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson-Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. And here with me to introduce today's interview is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Hi, Grace. Hi, Zandra. Today's guest is Claire Baker, whose pronouns are she, her. And Claire is a period coach She is the author of 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, and she's also a multidisciplinary artist and creative who, as you listen to this interview, you will discover how much of an art life she truly lives. This was such an amazing interview, and I'm so excited for everyone to listen to it. I wanted to ask you, though, because I don't know, how do you know Claire or how do you know her work? I first heard about Claire's work on one of my favorite podcasts, Wandering Aimfully, where one of the hosts, Caroline Zook, who is an artist, was citing Claire's work and charting her menstrual cycle as a really important part of her mental health and her work as an artist. And I had just never heard about this concept of being more aware of your period and relating it to those things. So I went on the website and found out everything I could about Claire and joined her newsletter and over time just got to know her not only for the work that she does as a period coach, but just getting to know her personality through the stories and the things that she talks about on her newsletter. And we connected over a number of things just by replying to her newsletter about the Babysitter's Club and um, and Alice in Wonderland. And we'll, we'll get a little bit into that in this interview. But I this was the first conversation that I got to have with her. Well, as someone who like really struggles with mood swings and social boundaries within my own menstrual cycle. Like I was so excited when you brought this up as an idea. I was like, yes, great. I want to learn from her Um, because I know that like tracking my cycle has been super helpful for my creative process and also my relationships. Um, But you know, one thing that people will will hear when they listen to the interview that I'm really excited about is that life is cyclical in general. And it's that's part of the philosophy of our show. Um, these periods of, you know, creation and these periods of rest and downloading. So that she's a perfect guest for the show. And you can listen to this episode and learn so much about creativity, even if you are not a person who has a period. Like, it's still totally relevant to the creative process. And I was not expecting that before listening. I'm, I'm just getting chills remembering what the interview is like. So let's let everyone enjoy our conversation with Claire Baker. Enjoy, everyone. everyone. I'm here in the virtual studio today with Claire Baker, period coach and the author of 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, which is sitting next to my computer as I record for my personal visual. Claire, welcome to The Art Life. Ah, oh, what an absolute joy to be on The Art Life with you. Thanks so much for having me. 
I'm so excited you're here and to introduce periods for artists to everyone listening. But first, I want to get situated with you in the present moment and begin this conversation, how we always start the art life, by asking, how is your art life? Mm. How are you today as a person and an artist? I am on cycle day five today, which means that my period's just finished. So today was like the trail end of my bleed. And usually on this day of my cycle, I feel like I'm coming out of the period cave. You know, there's this like fresh energy and I'm sort of sinking my teeth back into projects and making plans and looking ahead to the next few weeks and I'm definitely in that energy today like that um, initiatory inspired energy and so yeah I've been it's funny watching I can get a little bit distracted at this point in my cycle because there's so many new shiny things and I've watched myself today kind of direct all of that energy towards things that um, are more fun than actually like productive. So I've been doing like collaging and playing around with some branding ideas and just like playing with colours and pretty things rather than actually doing any of the things that I probably need to be doing. <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. So it's, it's like a fun moment in the cycle and I'm feeling fun and arty and inspired today. Oh, I love that. That's That's so perfect for today's conversation. And I really appreciated in your book the association with play with this emerging from your period time of springtime because that's usually a difficult time in the cycle for me because I just want to get like back into things and that reminder to be creative at this time was was really helpful. Oh, I'm pleased to hear that I can be a moment in the cycle that some people absolutely love like they just love that um you know getting back out to the world and lots of energy and momentum and and, and for other people it can be a little overwhelming feel a bit sensitive and so I'm really glad to hear that there was yeah that I reminded to be creative and be playful I think that's something I've definitely had to learn well it's an ongoing lesson for me as an eldest yeah. child Virgo to like remember to play <laughs> That's just such a classic lesson, life lesson for me. And yeah, my cycle, has, working with my cycle has definitely shown me where I can be more playful rather than always trying to get things ticked off a list. Well, Claire, I have been following your work for so long now, and I have to thank you for all of the insight that you've given me into understanding my own menstrual cycle and the demystifying the whims of the creative process that used to confuse me so much before I realized how much it is linked to my menstrual cycle. And so there are probably people listening who have never heard about these different seasons and times of different parts of, uh, of the cycle. So what is a good place to get started in terms of thinking about the menstrual cycle and creativity since we are here on the art life what should an artist be paying attention to hmm. yeah I'm really happy we're having this conversation I love talking about the menstrual cycle in relation to creativity essentially the menstrual cycle is a creative process and 
it is designed to create life and it moves through like a waxing and waning death and rebirth cycle every month and that is in its nature creative and I'm really interested in how we can work with the natural rhythm of our bodies and the ebb and flow of hormones to to be more creative and to express ourselves and what's really interesting to me and is essentially the basis of my work is that the nature of the um, female hormonal system is that it, it ebbs and flows so one week's hormonal landscape is different to the next we're either menstruating or ovulating if we have a period or we're moving between the two and so every day is different in fact it's not even necessarily every week but our hormones are changing all the time and this affects our memory it affects our our focus motivation how we relate to other people how we feel about ourselves um, how we sleep so many things and certainly our creative um, energy as well so one of the first things I realized when I started tracking my cycle was that how I express myself and the kinds of creative t- tasks or projects that I was drawn to would change. So as I've just said at the beginning here, like I'm on day five today, which is very much like a waxing energy. It's coming out of the period cave. It's very much, you know, looking ahead and starting to do some planning and um, kind of a playful but also quite a productive creativity and that's really different to how I feel just before my period begins so in the week before my period starts my energy is much more introspective and I'm reflective and I'm looking back on what I've created over the past cycle and I'm more inclined to like engage in like some really emotive music or like write poetry or just be a bit more emotional I suppose there's more of an emotional depth to my creative expression it's very much about editing refining and wrapping things up and getting things done whereas yeah on the other side where I am today it's like let's make things happen and let's get things moving and when I'm working with clients that's something we're often exploring is how 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 does your creative energy shift and change and ebb and flow across your menstrual cycle and how can you a surrender to that and be like okay like I may not feel like doing the same things every day of my my cycle and that's perfectly normal and then b how can I begin to tweak the way I'm creating as an artist to to work with these changes and be curious about them and you know get to know who we are as humans in a really like exciting way you know it's it's um it's very revealing once we start to pay attention to these changes Hmm. I just love that point that the menstrual cycle is about creation Hmm. I don't really think about that word so I guess literally and expansively but It comes back to what we believe on this show, which is that everyone is an artist, everyone is creative, and it's about the process rather than the product. Mm. And for me, the I found it just tremendously a, a relief to be able to surrender to playful energy in spring and then trust that an editing season will come because I used to get caught up in the fear of like, well, if I don't do the important things now, like 
maybe I'll never have the, I'll never be in the mood to do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's a moment for everything and it helps. Well, I mean, we're all cyclic beings, whether we have a period or not, right? Like we're all moving through a 24-hour cycle. We're moving through the seasons of the year. There's like for every single human, there's a time for rest and a time for initiation and a time for fruition and for, you know, finishing things and, and completing things. And practicing cycle awareness gives a, a very embodied, gives us a very embodied experience of that truth and so yeah I've definitely had that same relief as I've realized that there is a moment for everything and there is a moment for starting things and experimenting and messing up and like making mistakes and um, there is a moment in the creative process for sitting down and sitting my ass down and doing editing which is my least favorite thing to do and like and refining and and completing things and so practicing it within our own cycles every month it's like strengthening that understanding and strengthening that muscle so that when we sit down to our creative work as well, we're, we're more familiar with the process and we can trust it more. That's definitely been, that's definitely been one of the, yeah, the biggest gifts of my cycle awareness practice has given me is trusting the, the greater creative process at work all the time. Um, yeah. So I love that you mentioned spring there. That's in relation to the season that I'm in right now in my cycle and using the seasons of the year is a really helpful way to explain the different phases of the menstrual cycle. So we could say that spring is like the, the week after your period finishes and that's the pre-ovulatory phase. So we're moving up to ovulation there and it is about coming back into the world blossoming you know getting things going after a period of rest and moving forward and then summer would be akin to ovulation which is the peak of the cycle peak of hormones quite a social time or resilient time quite generous in giving time and that can be around finishing a project you know like really delivering on something or collaborating with other people it's more relational and then we have the premenstrual week, which takes us into the last week of the cycle before we begin to bleed again. And that is like the autumn, right? So the days are darkening when it's autumn, we're slowing down. It's the same in our own cycle. Our hormones are changing and we feel, more, you know, probably more slow. We want to be inside with ourselves more. Like I said, my creative energy then is far more introspective and there's a depth to it that, that isn't there in other lighter seasons of the cycle and then that takes us into winter which is menstruation which is bleeding and that is that time of of, of death ultimately and but also rebirth and it's a time to release to let things go and creatively this is when I get my best ideas and insights and I can see quite clearly what needs to happen with a project or I get you know like literally like the name of a project or the essence of it will, will drop in like I get that clarity comes quite easily um but I don't have you know there's not a lot of energy then so this is why we have that that period of rest because it's so important creativity to have those moments of pause and that's what menstruation offers us is, is a moment to to pull back 
you know, and to reconnect with ourselves. Um, and that just fuels my creativity for the rest of my cycle because, you know, I've had these brilliant intentions and ideas land. Um, and then I have the energy throughout the rest of the cycle to actually plan them, experiment, birth them and, and finish them. Um, so that's the cycle. And that's, you know, using the seasons as a way of understanding each phase of the cycle has been a, a helpful model for me and I know it resonates with a lot of people as well is that something that you have found helpful oh my gosh yes I love observing the seasons externally Mm. in nature and it's just a way to enjoy the spirit of each of those seasons much more frequently Mm. especially in the very cold winters that and dark winters that we have here in Scotland. It can be in like summer winter, mm-hmm. like I am now, and um, or I guess it's autumn now technically outside. But uh, yeah, it's been really helpful. And I'm just imagining you like trying to to name a project in in spring and being like, "Wait, I'll get to that later." <laughs> Does that happen? definitely yeah yeah if I'm feeling stuck on something particularly towards the end of my cycle I would just never even dream of starting something new in that premenstrual week as I can you know as if you can feel like your body is going to bleed soon you're going to feel that heaviness and slowing down it's just so not the time to to start something new whereas I know from you know from experience now that the, you know the best time to you know to start something new is is in my spring once I've had that rest and and received that clarity during my winter phase, um, and just knowing where the best time is, it yeah it's really it is quite incredible how that can up you know really enhance your creative expression it's not to say that you can't do certain things in certain phases of course we can we can do anything at any time but paying attention to where your strengths and vulnerabilities lie in the menstrual cycle in you know yes from the um for any artist for any human it's yeah it's 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 just so curious to me it's just there's just so many layers to unravel and every cycle I learn something new about myself it's definitely not static um it's changing all the time but there are patterns and once you begin to notice those patterns and play with them then it's it's wild what what you what you learn about yourself it is it's just amazing it feels like I shouldn't be allowed to know this much like it is so it's so valuable to be able to predict what will be more or less comfortable. For example, today, as we are recording this conversation, I recorded another episode with Grace earlier today because I know that I'm in my summer of my my cycle. And if we were scheduling this conversation during my autumn or winter, I would first think about whether I wanted to record it, to leave my calendar open at that time but then if it needed to happen I would be like okay I'm gonna schedule in like a buffer of of rest in the morning and really make sure that this is the only thing I'm doing all day and it's just been really helpful to be able to anticipate what my body might need and how I can best support 
where I am in the present. Mm, that's such a wonderful example. I was going to ask you where you are today. So you're in, you're in your summer phase, so you're a little ahead of me. <laughs> I, I am in like late summer. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I call it my cruel summer, like the Taylor Swift song. Because <laughs> summer for me is, can be volatile yeah. because I, I can't sleep. I, I'm so wired. I have all of this energy. So it's, I really have to make myself wind down mm. this time. Do you have a, a real happy place in the cycle? Is there a moment where you feel like yourself? You know, since I have started paying attention to it, I have really enjoyed my periods more Mm -hmm. because it's like my rest cave time. I used to get a lot of pain, but sort of since embracing the entire cycle and not just like being upset by the surprise Mm. of a period arriving, I'm like, okay, I can take care of myself today Mm. and just be really introspective, which I love doing. I hear that so frequently from people and I love hearing it that their period is something that they may not have even paid, you know, paid any attention to or had a tough time with and then by actually recognizing that it is normal to feel different then and um, that you can approach it differently to how you might approach higher energy days as you've just described really brilliantly just how you can just approach your day differently it doesn't have to be like all or nothing just what a difference that can make by including a little more rest and mindfulness um administration just what a big you can actually yeah begin to enjoy having having a period what a you know What a transformation, what a different story that is to the one that we've been told most of our lives. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's just, it's miraculous. Mm. So ah, (laughs) I'm so grateful and thank you for your guidance. Oh, it's such a pleasure to to share this work. It's changed my life in in a very big way and um, it's just such a joy to continue to share it because of those moments like I can you know I can hear the delight in your voice and I yeah it's wonderful to be seen you know and to um we live in a world that is very masculine oriented in the sense that it's very much about getting things done and taking things off and productivity above all else and quite linear and it's um it's a real they used the word relief before and I agree with you it's just a relief to hear that oh <laughs> if you're if you have ovaries if you're in a female body you, you're on a different you're on a completely different rhythm and to you know to men or to people who don't have a period and that's it is it's a real relief to hear that and um and just to be able to relax into that so I'm really glad that you came across this work too while we're talking about the different parts of the cycle, I do have a question from my co-host, Grace, mm-hmm. who asked, she said, I've noticed a couple of days before my period, I feel much more guarded on social media and in friendships. And she's wondering, do, you, do your social boundaries change within your, your monthly cycle? Mm, 100%. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that Grace has, has had that. Mel um, has observed that within herself that before leading, there is this like 
that kind of guarding your energy, kind of putting your boundaries up a bit. And and what I teach is very much about work, like practicing boundary setting in that week before before bleeding because that is a moment in the cycle where a lot of women people with periods feel like they want to be more on their own and, and have that introspection and reflect and just have some self-time it's it's less about being um, out in the world for everybody else which you know once those hormones change it's like okay time to take some time out for myself so yeah it's really observant um it's a quite yeah a, a wonderful observation to make and I yeah I'm very much the same particularly the couple of you know the these final few days of my cycle are, are very much about beginning to to turn inwards and and just have time to myself and so this means that when I am working with my cycle I try not to make big plans for those last couple of days and look the nature of the menstrual cycle is that it's ultimately entirely unpredictable even if your cycle's regular there's you know we never know exactly when we're going to start bleeding but we can usually kind of you know plan in advance and see you know ish around abouts where it's going to happen and if we you know if we're able to do that then blocking out some time that is just for you and you know even writing you know in your schedule like keep this free lots of space you know for me like you know it's okay to take time for yourself whatever reminders you need to to say like this is this is me time um definitely helps with finding you know yourself in the summer phase of your cycle making lots of plans social plans for the next week because when you're in that summer phase you're just so high on estrogen that you're like I can do anything I can do anything with everyone at any time and oh my gosh you know then you make plans for the next week and then have to reschedule and everybody because you just want to stay at home and have a bath and and not talk to anyone and so yeah that has been a really helpful lesson for me to learn around the way my social boundaries and commitments um, need to change and like if something's on and it's the last day of my cycle and it's something I really want to go to and be at with people then I'll, I'll do that but again it's just like maybe I'll make sure that I don't have a big commitment the next morning or I take time to just be in my cave that day and chill so I'm not having you know exerting myself all day and or evening like I'll just probably be have some more buffers and be more boundaried so that I can still do the things that I want to do but I don't you know expect myself to be as extroverted as I am in my summer phase because I'm just not going to be you know I'm I'm just not and that's okay yeah I find that it makes such a big difference to just shift my internal expectations. Mm. I have a few friends who have also started to be really interested in periods and track their own cycles. And we love talking about it and, and saying like, Oh, let's, let's see what's a good, how we can align that for the next time that we meet up and Mm. are really explicit about it. But even if I'm not giving people the reasons why I'm, arranging my schedule and commitments a certain way just holding that truth within myself that like this can wait or I know that this is going to be a good time for me it's I find that so empowering Mm, it's very much an inner an inner journey and it's about trusting yourself and not having rigid rules in place that say I'm never allowed to go and do social things on cycle day 28 or you know I only ever um 
edit projects on cycle day 22 or whatever it's not about having those <laughs> rules it's just like yeah having that inner experience that that sense of self-trust that's strengthened every time you're around the cycle and again and again and again and just getting to know yourself better and what works for you and what doesn't and um yeah of course you know we can share as much or as little with the people that we love um as we like but we all you know we all have the right to say no and to set boundaries and it's something I've noticed after working with women for a long time now is that setting boundaries and saying no are things that um many women aren't you know that confident doing and so cycle awareness is you know often the work I'm doing with clients is about trusting ourselves and and knowing when it's okay to take some time out for ourselves and to prioritize um, and to ask for help as well big one Claire I'm curious about how long you have been tracking your cycles and gaining awareness from that because you mentioned that you even even now are still learning things each time and I'm curious about what kinds of things you are noticing that is new to you because I've just been tracking the days for about a year now and then being more diligent about my emotions and my physical symptoms for the past two cycles. And even just with that limited amount, I feel like I have learned so, so much. Mm-hmm. So what's new for you Mm. so I've been tracking my cycle for eight years and um yeah I am still every cycle every cycle learning something new because it's changing all the time as well the menstrual cycle is the in just the ultimate feedback system it's you know interconnected with so many other systems in our body and so stress will show up in the cycle or how we've been exercising how we've been taking care of ourselves like psychologically creatively spiritually like there's so many um, intersections and so there's always something to learn and most recently for me I have um yeah, I've been really enjoying my autumn week, my premenstrual week, and this has been my trickiest week. I have really struggled with premenstrual symptoms at various points over the last eight years, and I really found that week hard. It's um, It hasn't been much fun sometimes. And then other times it's been totally fine. But, you know, there's definitely been some moments where I I have struggled that week. And and when I say that, I mean, like, uh, just a real, like, sense of wanting to burn everything down. Like, I just, (laughs) I'm not satisfied with anything. It's like everything needs changing in my life. It's just this, like, doubt and wild kind of like instinctual you know um quite magic like it's quite powerful and quite magical and it's fun to play with sometimes like and to channel that energy and to like really listen to it and to play with it but it's not that compatible with like living a, a kind of normal life and so sometimes it's if I've got the space to be in that in that 
uh, you know, that part of myself, then it's it's really fun to go there and often, you know, if I do have like literal space, like I've got, I'm not, like I don't have a lot of work on or I can be in nature more or I can like um, express that in a way that feels really like healthy, like I feel safe to express that energy, then that's great. But sometimes that doesn't happen because life and um, and then that's when I really like, like oh, God, this week is just really tough because I feel really teary and emotional and a bit sad and just a bit like oh, frustrated with the world. And what's been interesting to me is that um, this year, so 2020, when we were recording it during lockdown, that got really bad. <laughs> like... I really found it tough that premenstrual week. It was like times like 10. Um, but it was good because it meant that I, I really like, I was like, okay, there's something going on here that I need to listen to and like lean into and pay attention to. And so um, I've been giving myself, you know, more space and, and allowing myself to have the things that I know help when I'm in that stage in my cycle and um it's been incredible the last few cycles I've had absolutely no premenstrual symptoms at all because I've been able to like be more creative during that week in a more expressive way and not trying to hold myself to a million to-dos and um I've also noticed that when I have really optimized my spring and summer phases by actually moving forward on projects and collaborating and catching up with people and like you know really being in the energy of the rest of my cycle that more like high energy phases then when I get to my autumn I'm like cool you know what like I've really I've been creative this cycle and I'm really pleased with everything that I've been working on and and feeling into and collaborating so I'm actually just going to like chill a bit you know and and not place the same kind of pressure on myself um, and so it's been really interesting to see how the different phases, creative phases, um, inspire the next or help to elevate the next phases of the cycle as well. I mean, it makes sense if we think about it as a process because one step ultimately is cumulative and it leads to the next and it's a continuum, the cycle. So that's something I've been, I've been leaning into is like how can I set myself up throughout the rest of my cycle to, to be able to just be more in that autumn week and um it's been working so that's good (laughs) what does an autumn creative project look like for you or is it no project it's definitely not no project because this is the ultimate irony is that when I actually go okay I'm gonna leave myself like lots of space and um you know not try to like place any pressure on myself to get loads of things done then actually like it can be my most productive week because I kind of then go in the zone I'm like brilliant I've got no appointments I've got all this space I've got no commitments no one wants anything from me which is like my ultimate dream and then I'm like oh do you know what? I'm actually just going to like channel all of this energy into um, you know into finishing something or into you know bringing something to completion and that's always quite interesting to me that that's what tends to happen and I kind of get to the end of the week and I'm like ah oh, that was really great like I actually had still I still had lots in the tank but I, it's like I can't go into that week with a really big to-do list because then I just want to like throw it away it's like I kind of have to go in with space and then 
see what happens see what happens yeah but definitely like if I'm not you know kind of referring to work right now if I'm if I'm thinking outside of work then like I said earlier like much more into like writing poetry or journaling like so much journaling and mm. just like words like words come easily more easily to me in that week so it's it's definitely a time I know when I can write quite um with a depth that I don't have now like where I am today in my cycle on cycle day five at that spring phase I'm really good at like planning and visioning right now and kind of setting myself up but if I were to sit down today and try to write uh, you know thousand words it wouldn't have the same depth that I know it will have in two weeks time so definitely for me like words and feelings and emotions and it doesn't always make sense either because it can feel more messy in that autumn week it's like Mm. really messy um like even my handwriting changes like you know if you look through my journal does it look the same yeah yeah I'm like enormous handwriting in summer yes yes um... (laughs) capitals (laughs) taps everything Jupiter was was doing something like significant to my chart as well and I was like Jupiter handwriting (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think you even just yeah paying attention to the way your handwriting changes fascinating fascinating I used to get so mad at myself as a kid because I always wanted consistent perfect handwriting and it just it doesn't happen that way for me I'm like calligraphy script one day and then Mm -hmm. like well, I know you're a fan of the Babysitter's Club, so it's like the Stacey McGill computer font with like the little hearts over the eyes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's like my spring handwriting. Like <laughs> really, yeah, really sweet and um, and a little frilly. Yeah, I love that. And it's like this permission slip to just play and to allow ourselves to fluctuate and be like nature and be like the seasons and and Mm. to yeah express yourself in different ways and um, as an artist I just think that's so freeing isn't it it was just this awakening moment for me to realize that my body is not trying to sabotage me and Mm. get in the way of what I'm trying to do it's often telling me something very important whether it's to rest or to go for a vigorous walk to work off the extra energy it's like pay attention to me and respect what I need and we can work together and make things together it was just what Mm -hmm. that can work yeah like you're on the same team and that's just a really lovely feeling of belonging to yourself and to be able to feel safe in your own skin and um like like you know you're you're your own sanctuary and you can feel like your cycle is actually you know I have to think of it as like a handrail that I can lean on it's this like framework and structure that I can um can find support in rather than feeling like it's unpredictable or that it's just you know casting me out to see to like ride the waves without any guidance on what to do it 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 becomes quite quickly like with just a bit of awareness um something that you know you can actually begin to 
to rely on as like a friend. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so nice. Mm. Claire, I wanted to say that I really appreciate how when you open your book, the first thing that you read on the inside cover is a note on inclusivity. And I really appreciate reading about your commitments to inclusivity in your work and on your newsletter, which is in alignment with what I'm trying to do in my own life, especially as a part of the Harry Potter fan community lately. Mm. A priority is for me is to emphasize the importance of inclusive vocabulary around periods. And as a period coach, what have you learned about the importance of inclusive language and how can we all be more inclusive when we're talking about periods? Mm. Something that I just had never realized you know, prior to a few years ago because I am a cisgendered woman, so my gender uh, identity is, you know, aligns with my like, sex as, as a female and so I just never thought about the fact that people who don't identify as a woman but were born with um, with ovaries would still get periods, right? So we're talking about like trans men, people who don't identify as, or people, you know, or even non-binary people who don't identify as a woman but still get periods um, would have, you know, such a, or could have such a different experience than the one that I had had, the one that I have. Because when we think about, the marketing of um, period products and, you know, a lot of the, the language that we hear around periods, it's always about girls and women and, you know, pink and um, very, like, feminine. And so it's been, it's been a very humbling journey for me to recognise that I had definitely not been inclusive with a lot of my teachings and, and the very, you know, my writings at the very beginning of, of teaching this work. And so it's been, it's been really important to me to learn more and to listen to people who do not identify as a woman but still have periods or from women who no longer bleed. And that's for, for most people who, you know, for women who have periods, at some point they're going to stop. And you also may, if you choose to have a baby, they'll you won't have periods when you're pregnant. And for period postpartum, um, at many you know points in fertile years, some women will experience amenorrhea, which is you know not bleeding for, for different reasons. And so, the idea of associating the gender of woman with menstruation was something that I, yeah, have have been learning more about and recognizing that it's it's not you know it's not as clear-cut as I thought that it was and that there are plenty you know many different gender identities who who bleed um, and don't recognize themselves as women and that there are also women um, who don't have periods and so I, I want to be able to be as inclusive of anyone who wants to engage in my work um, I definitely do not get it right all of the time but I am learning and listening and I've just learned to, you know, I'm still going to use the word woman and women, but also to to use words like to say, you know, people who have periods or people who have ovaries or menstruators, those are more inclusive 
more that's, that's more inclusive language that I have that I have learned that I can use as well and even to just make statements like I you know as you said Sandra at the beginning of my book to say that I you know simply recognize that not everybody who has a period is a woman and not every woman bleeds and to just make those statements be really clear in my intention for inclusivity and hope that you know I can create warm and welcoming spaces for anyone who wants to engage in menstrual cycle awareness Thank you for that. I think the intention is is so powerful and I appreciate how you acknowledge that it's not you're not going to do it perfectly all the time. I'm not going to do it perfectly all the time and I too have the privilege of never have I had never considered that people who don't identify as women also get periods and so that was that was humbling for me too and I, I I love how you said earlier in this conversation about how every single human is cyclical in some way and we all have something to learn from thinking more about the cycles um, whether or not we have periods mm-hmm. or have periods right now or have regular periods so yeah mm-hmm. and as you say it's it's an important conversation to be having now because yeah there are there are those with with differing opinions and things to say and so it is important to me to be as in in, in the privileged position that I have being that my gender and you know my sex are aligned and to be able to to share more about the experiences of other people who are more marginalised. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you asked the question and I'm just, like, curious and open to hear, to learning more as as I listen to other people's experiences beyond just my own. And inclusivity in the world of menstruation is it's a really big topic, you know, even beyond gender, just making being aware mm-hmm. that, you know, I recognise that even just menstrual cycle awareness on the whole is a, is a privileged topic. Being able to even work, you know, contemplate working with your cycle is contains quite a, a great deal of privilege to be able to do that. That mm-hmm. doesn't um, that doesn't apply to to everyone with a period. And I am aware of that. And so I am you know, learning more about how my work can be more accessible and, and more inclusive. Mm. Wonderful. Mm. I was just thinking about Grace's question about Instagram. Sorry about this, about the social. Oh yeah. Boundaries, and I'm so inspired by your decision to to come off of Instagram, and that's something that I do when I can feel my period coming is I delete Instagram. Oh. like the entirety of my bleed and definitely for those few days beforehand I just delete the entire app and then don't re-download it again until my period's finished and just take that whole time off social media because <sighs> it's such a like moment in the cycle when I think our, like inner critic can be really tough and that comparison and um, yeah, feelings of frustration can kick in. So the last thing I want to do basically when I'm bleeding is log on and see someone like doing lots of things or like, you know, mm. <laughs> to give me something to compare myself to or to feel like I should be doing more because 
it is quite revolutionary the idea of resting and taking time out when we're bleeding or saying no and creating that space and boundaries and so I just find that when I reduce any possibility of like making that you know more difficult for myself and you know I'm going to do that and so for me just getting off social for those few days before and the few days of my bleed is um is something that I do most cycles my mind is blown that is such a good idea <laughs> well I could just follow your lead and get rid of it entirely but until I get to that stage <laughs> I'm just going you know to to make you know and and it also applies to the other point in the cycle I know that when I'm ovulating like that's the time when I'm more likely to want to create content and to like show up and like speak to the camera and film things and make things that yeah. are, are more public and so I know that I will be there again it's like trusting that I can delete it and come off it now and I know that in a couple of weeks time I'll you know I'll be able to show up and connect but yeah gosh taking that time every month um it's a goodie I'm just thinking back to when I was on social media and I think that's avoiding such a big trap deleting the app at that time because when I'm like lying in bed and I'm taking extra time to rest that's when I would be in danger of like trying to busy myself and do something. But all I could do is scroll through my phone Mm. and exert the least amount of effort, but it's causing so much extra stress. Mm. Yeah. I like, I like what you've said there. It is yeah. Busying yourself. Um, I notice that every time I I take time to rest, whether I have my period or not, uh, it's I still have to like talk myself into it because the conditioning is just so deep. And so any opportunity to busy yourself, even as you're horizontal, like we will take it. (laughs) So like just you know, I need to feel like I'm doing something, and yeah, it's just removing that, removing that option just for a couple of days. You know, it's not forever, but. then there's, you know, then what else is there to do but actually rest? (laughs) Mm. So you mentioned how we connected over a newsletter that you sent about taking a break from social media and, and asking your readers like me to chime in about that. And I shared my essay with you and you replied and shared some synchronicities about doing a degree in Alice in Wonderland (laughs) what is that all about I must hear more oh it was it made me so happy going through your website and just seeing like all you know it's just so nice when you find a kindred spirit and you're like oh me too um yeah I'm I'm really glad that we have connected because there are lots of your little similarities and I so I studied visual arts and design that was my degree um my undergrad and I always wanted to be an art teacher that was my dream um but I graduated right at the like at the global recession like financial crisis so suddenly everybody wanted to become a teacher and so there were like no teaching jobs anyway but it's, it's all worked out fine because I'm doing what I'm doing now but um for my degree, so I was studying art, I majored in, I just, I was just so obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. I just always have been. I love the books. I love the films. I just love everything about it. And I 
wrote a series of essays on um, Lewis Carroll's photography and I created a series or collection of lingerie that was inspired by the books, so by both books. So I had, no way. Yeah, I created a collection of lingerie for from the first book and then another collection from the second. Um, because I also have an obsession with lingerie, so I was like, right, I'm just going to combine these two loves of my life and it was so much fun um I had the worst neck and back from just being like hunched in my sewing machine for like months on end but some of the best like my some of my best creations ever I I went home last year to Australia and I studied in Melbourne while well, I grew up in Australia and I tried them on I still have them all and tried them on oh and parading around <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I I did for my um my major at, at university, and I, I photographed them. So I photographed my little sisters, I dressed them all up in this lingerie, and photographed them in the like scenes from the book. And um, we had a, an exhibition as a final exhibition for graduation, and I painted a, a tree with a Cheshire cat on the wall, like a big silhouette, and then like had all of the photos in the lingerie like hanging from the tree. It was just so much fun. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you would really love you would have loved it. <laughs> uh yes. Are these are these photos available somewhere? I think they are. It's one of it was the state yeah, it's like the mid like two thousands when it was kind of pre Facebook but also kind of oh wow like pre smartphone. So they're on uh, post like, Polaroid. But post yeah, so they're, they're post <laughs> like post film, but kind of this it's like this weird gap in my life. Like I'm a documenter and I have, you know, documentation of everything. But there are kind of these lost years where I'm like, I've got so many things that I'm sure were on like S D cards that would go into a camera, but I don't know where they are. So they do exist. And I have I have tried to find them. There's just a period of my life that I feel like is missing. Um, but I will I will have a search, and if I find them, I'll I'll send them to you. I think I have the hard copies at home. It's just a matter of finding them. How very Alice itself. It's like if I find them through the looking glass. <laughs> exactly, and it would be quite the rabbit hole to try to go down the, ah. through the boxes and boxes. <laughs> But I, yeah, I do have the lingerie. I, I know where they are, so I can always take a photo of, of those. When you're feeling creative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I don't know how many people may have noticed this or not, but if you look at our podcast artwork, it has Grace and me as silhouettes, and our faces are made out of pages from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Uh... Grace goes by the Queen of Hearts from time to time it's her production company and so she has a page from the queen of hearts Uh, and i run my everyday wonderland program and talk about going down the rabbit hole and exploring your curiosity so i have the rabbit hole page on my head oh my gosh that's so satisfying i love that symbolism that's awesome (laughs) love burying the easter eggs there Mm. oh that's wonderful yeah (laughs) it's fun to yeah, it's just it just brings me joy. You know, it's joyful to bring in things that we love into our work, isn't it? And and, and certainly childhood loves. And I love looking back to the things that I loved as a kid and and playing with those more um, in my work today. It's it's good. It's very satisfying. 
Well, I love hearing about it and I love following your newsletter and every and if I never know what you're going to bring up where you'll drop some gem of like, oh, and she does that <laughs> and she's interested in that. So I, um, I love to follow along with your story and what you're doing as well as learn about periods from you. Oh, that's really wonderful feedback. Thank you. I, I, um, I've always been a little cautious of being branded as, you know, somebody who just talks about periods all the time because I do, but I also like to talk about other things like we all do, right? We're like multifaceted humans with lots of different interests. And so I appreciate hearing that. And it's been a, a real joy um, and very inspiring to connect with you and, and your work and um, listen to your podcast, engage in all of your writings and ideas. So thanks so much for replying to my newsletter and reaching out. Thank you. Speaking of your newsletter, I will share your book, 50 Things You Need to Know About Periods, in our show notes. And where else can people find your art? Where's the, how do people sign up for your newsletter Mm -hmm. and um, follow everything else that you're interested in? Yeah, so you can sign up for my newsletter. And I generally send that a couple of times a month. And um yeah, sort of personal insights and thoughts and what's happening in my world. And you can find that on my website, which is clairebaker.com. That's C-L-A-I-R-E-B-A-K-E-R. And I've got a free class that you can take on starting to chart your cycle. So if this whole concept of cycle charting is really new or you would heard about it before but you want to learn a little bit more then I've got a short 10 minute video to just get you going and like a free cycle chart that you can print off and just and just start because it's actually really easy to just get going um so that's all on my website but I also hang out on Instagram and my handle is underscore Claire Baker underscore and I'm trying to be there less frequently but I am definitely still hanging out there for now Great. I will make sure that all of those links are in our show notes. And we always close these conversations by asking, what is the art life? So Claire, what is the art life? Hmm. I'm a big fan of Julia Cameron's work and the idea of living your life as art. And so for me, it is like how you know, I've chosen to dress myself. It's the flowers I buy every Sunday. It's cooking dinner and being present and listening to a song, like actually really listening to to music. It is being mindful, appreciating the art of, of the world and the art that is my life. And when I remember to do that, which is not like I want to sound like I'm some kind of like art saint because because I'm not but when I yeah exactly add that to my bio art saints <laughs> like you know it sounds so esoteric but when I really just remember every day to be like cool today my life like is a is a work of art what can I do to make it more colorful and joyful and have meaning that's just like that's a that's a brilliant day that's a brilliant day in my life Amazing. So uh, we haven't announced this officially, but it feels like a good time to do so. You mentioned Julia Cameron, and Grace and I are going to do a 12-week Artist's Way series 
starting in the new year. Mm. Oh my gosh. Fantastic. I am 100% like, how do I join? Where do I sign up? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're here. Just keep uh, subscribe to the art life awesome. and it will show up. I'm in the middle of doing the artist way for the first time right now. Are you? How are you finding it? Oh, it's so fun. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? She's she's a genius. You should get her on the podcast. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah. 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 Cool. Oh, well, I'm in. I love that. Yeah, well, coming soon, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for that uh, great uh, transition into the announcement that we did not plan, but synchronicity. Well, everybody's in for a treat because, yeah, it's, it's a special journey, that one, for sure. Thank you so much, Claire. My pleasure. Thank you. Welcome back, Grace. Thank you so much. What is the art life? The art life is creating life. Yeah. It was just such a simple thing that she said towards the beginning of the interview. But that's what we do as as women, but also that's what art is in itself. And I felt so moved by this powerful creator energy that Claire has. Mm. Zandra, what is the art life? The art life is allowing yourself to rest. I think Claire's right that this is something that I am aware of just by reading her book and following her work and really consciously trying to accept rest and knowing that it's good for me. But she pointed out that we've been conditioned to not believe that. And so I just want to put the reminder there one more time that the art life is allowing ourselves rest. I'm really glad that you said that. And I almost I almost made that my answer beforehand, but I decided to focus on that first thing. Um I, I, it really resonated with me when she brought up how in her rest days, she still finds herself wanting to be doing something, you know, just that feeling of like, I need to be scrolling something like that you mentioned, or I need, you know, wow, I, I have to do something while I'm laying in bed. Like that is something that I struggle with or, you know, my need to draw while I'm watching some movie. I need to do something productive is is a, a internal pressure that I put on myself that does not make me happy and does not make me a better artist. So I really appreciated her thoughts on rest and her encouragement to rest. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Thank you. I think we need as many reminders as we can get and saying it out loud helps me as well. Grace, there was so much in this conversation that I was like, I can't wait for you to listen. What stood out to you? There, I mean, there was so much that that I can't wait to discuss, but I have to start with like, she brought up Julia Cameron. (laughs) And so now because you took the opportunity as you should have, now we have to mention like, hello, listeners, Uh, starting January 1st, we are going to go through the artist's way on the show. You and I are going to have weekly discussions about each chapter of the book, The Artist's Way, which has been a profoundly impactful book 
um, you know, course experience on my life. And I was so amazed that she mentioned Julia Cameron and that it worked perfectly for the timing of her episode. So, um, thanks, Claire. Are you psychic or are you just a perfect guest? Both are probably true. (laughs) She's an art saint. She's an art saint. Yes, she is an art saint for sure. Um, so that was so funny and it was just it was just such a it was such a moment of synchronicity as you said in the interview. So yeah, um surprise. Surprise. We'll be back with more about more to set that up soon starting with a getting started with the artist's way episode on New Year's Day and um more to come on that. We also have a newsletter that you can join on our website, theartlife.show, and that's where we can we want to put things like this big announcement and um, keep everyone up to date on what's going on, but also share some of our favorite art as well. Yeah, it's you know we have so much that's going on with the show right now that I I've said we need to have a newsletter so people can keep up. Like we've got this Artist Way series and we've got so much we want to share and all of our past guests are also up to amazing things in their art lives. So I wanted to be able to also tell our listeners what our past guests are up to right now. You know, Henry with his Kickstarter or Amelia with this new course that she has online. It's like, oh, I want to be able to kind of compile all of that in one place. So if you want to be kept up to date, um, join our newsletter. It's on our website. I'm so excited for all of this. Yeah, I am too. And and I want to get back to talking about Claire because I, listening, you know, listening to her interview, I was honestly, I was furious at the end because how dare she, how dare she tell us that she had an Alice in Wonderland themed lingerie line. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. Two Alice in Wonderland lingerie lines and, and I can't buy them is what I'm upset about. I'm like, how dare you tease me with this perfect thing and not give me a link to buy it? <laughs> I, I, I was, It's very exclusive. It was so exclusive. It was just, you know, it's so amazing to learn about people's past creative projects, the embarrassing ones to the really cool ones. But this one was torture for me because you and I love <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. And I was like, no, Claire, please keep making that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Claire, if you choose to make it, and make it available to everyone. This is the kind of thing we would love to share on our newsletter. Yes, exactly. And you have your first order from me. Hello. I would like <laughs> to buy something. Um, yeah, I mean, she was just so like perfectly in alignment with not just the philosophy of the show, but also our interests, like our very specific interests, whether it's Julia Cameron or Alice in Wonderland or literature themed underwear, which is something I already loved. Um, but I think that I just I just love the fact that, yeah, we got to hear so much about her art life and different things that she's studied, different creative paths that she has taken Um so it it was really so much more information than I knew I was going to get and so much more inspiration even beyond just like 
uh, tracking your menstrual cycle and, and, you know, integrating that into your creative process, I also learned about this fascinating artist's life. It all really makes sense reading her book, which is is like a, a handbook and it has every page is a different color. It's just so beautiful. And I've been using the questions and suggestions that she has in there about the different parts of the cycle to as uh, integrated into my creative practice as a writer for just journaling prompts. It's There's so much potential in those questions, in those um, in those action steps that she suggests that are just really fun and really creative. And I can um, now really put that together since we've had this conversation together. Um, but I, I do recommend her book for any artist who enjoys, <laughs> for any artist, really, I was going to be like, any artist who enjoys making art? I don't know. It's it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a copy because I my limited knowledge has been really helpful and in um tracking my like production process and or planning, you know, my social schedule or even my social media use as you talked about in the interview. But there's so much more that I can and should learn. So there's there's a, a long road ahead and I'm glad that she has a book that I can read that will help guide me. We will leave a a link to her book in our show notes and all of the other places where you can find Claire's work. I also really appreciated the moment where she talked about like her, her, um, you know, the autumn time, the, the premenstrual time where she ends up being more productive because she clears away time in her schedule to do nothing. And that was something that I definitely related to, where it's like, oh, I know I'm going to be needing rest or I'm going to, you know, need to keep social boundaries strong. And then, or you know, or I I need to make sure that I have put in time for self-care and not filled my schedule up with assignments. That ends up being the best time to complete things and to get work done because the time is carved away. And so that is an experience that I myself have had, um, and I I loved hearing about hers. It was so well put and um, enticed me as somebody who cares about getting things done, who cares about creating things. It's like, actually, this is more productive to clear your schedule. And it was, it was really compelling. And I mentioned in the interview, I was in my late... Um, late summer period of my cycle and now I have gone through autumn having that in mind um, I'm on my period now and um, it was really really helpful to hear that message like right at the right time for me I think it was a good reminder too that when we allow ourselves rest and freedom in our schedules we figure out what we really care about when we're not overloaded with social activities and to-do lists, we actually just easily and freely complete the things that we're passionate about. That was part of like the wisdom of that reflection for me. Magical. So thank you to Claire. I mean, I can't wait to read her book and I just feel like I learned so much about 
about health and, you know, cycle tracking, but also just about creativity. Thank you so much, Claire, for joining us on this episode. I can't wait to hear how what everyone takes away from it. And we'll be back next time for our campfire episode on creating traditions. Before then, from my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And as is tradition, from my side of the world, I wish you all a good night. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show. And send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.